We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. I'm honored to be here today, but I know I'm not worthy to be behind the sacred pulpit, but I know that we serve a worthy God, amen? Just as the Bible says that for everything under the heavens, there is a season, a time, and a purpose. But there is also a price for everything. For everything that we see, there's a price that had to have been paid. Just a little while ago, we celebrated what we call Independence Day on July 4th, celebrating and reminding us that 247 years ago, we declared independence from Great Britain. But just as we celebrate our independence and we are a free country, We are made new each and every day. The word of God says in Psalms 118, verse 24, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will show great joy and we will be happy. We cannot live a life full of glumness and sadness. This life is too short for us to be caught up and all the things that are going on in this world for us to only be in a state of mind of worry, doubt, or fear. So when the word of God says, this is the day the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Why do you think so many people are so excited to hear the word of God? It's because so much of this perfected word is being persecuted and being so much slander is being thrown against it all around the world. People fight tooth and nail to hear the word of God to read a Bible. There are people hungry, starving for the word of God each and every day, but we get something new. But let me say this. Here at LifePoint Church, we do not apologize for the way we worship. We are not scared to get out in front of people and lift up our hands to the Lord Most High. This is a place of freedom. This is a place of healing, and this is a place of hope. And we're not going to let the world tear us down. So when we come into the house of God, this is all for his glory. This is not a concert. This is an experience. Nothing is rehearsed here. This is not for here for showboat or show and tell. This is all for one purpose, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. This all is for his glory and to lift him up and praise and worship. And once again, we get to experience something new, something fresh, something real, something that's alive, living and breathing inside of us. The word of God is living and breathing in all of us today. But it's because of him, he fulfilled something that was paid for a long time ago that we all get to live this bit of freedom, independence, state of worship, all because of him. And the word I have to bring you today is the cost for freedom. The cost for freedom. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray right now. God, we thank you one more time that we get to come into your house, Lord. We just thank you for another opportunity that we get to lift you up in praise and worship. We're here to soak us in, Lord, and learn something new about your word, God. And I just ask that you let us all be good servants of your word and let us delight in your goodness and your grace, Lord. We want to learn something new about you and know that you're God and you pay the price for us all. And we just want to delight in your word today. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want to paint a picture for you today to show you the kind of God that we serve. But in doing so... I want to give you some history facts that I think it's going to come full circle. Events such as the Taxation Acts, the Boston Massacre, the Boston Tea Party, and the Intolerable Acts were all contributors to which led to the United States going into the Revolutionary War from 1775 to 
1783. Wanting to be free from the grips of Britain, the United States was forced to uh, have a uh, tax or told not what they can do when it came to trading or what kind of God they can serve or what they want to do with their own lives. And the United States lost 6,800 soldiers for one purpose. Disagreements over slavery, states' rights versus federal rights, the election of Abraham Lincoln, and the political control were key factors which led the United States into the American Civil War from 1961, I mean, 1861 to 1865. Wanting to be free, disagreements of what is right and wrong, the United States lost roughly 620,000 soldiers all for the purpose of wanting to have a feeling of independent or have a free self-control, right? In early April 1917, when the toll had sunken in U.S. merchant ships and civilian casualties rising, Wilson asked Congress for a war to end wars that would make the world safe for democracy, a place of security, a place of strength, a place of hope that we can be free. A little over 100 years ago, on April 6, 1917, the Congress thus voted to declare war on Germany, joining the bloody battle, then optimistically called the Great War, World War I. The American Expeditionary Forces arrived in Europe in 1917 to help turn the tide in favor of Britain and France, leading to an Allied victory over Germany and Austria in November of 1918. By the time of the armistice, more than 4 million Americans had served in the armed forces and 116,000 soldiers had lost their lives, all for the sake of having a want and a hope of dream of being free, having a sense of independence, and not wanting to be owned by tyranny, not having someone over them hounding, telling them, this is what you can do, you will do as I say, type mentality. The Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, ended the debate over the American intervention in both the Pacific and European theaters in World War II. The day after the attack, Congress declared war on Imperial Japan with only a single dissenting vote. Being the fastest in production for the aid in arms at the time, the United States helped turn the tide with Great Britain and the Soviet Union to help conquer Germany's ambitions. The United States lost roughly 420,000 soldiers. They sacrificed their lives for the freedom that we all get to experience today. All of these wars were fought with the forefront thought that freedom is my main priority. Freedom is my main goal. Freedom is my dream. This is what I want. Lots of people went and died for our sake so we can have the things that we see all around in this place here today. And although we have this freedom, there is a trouble at every corner of our lives. Just because we live in a free country does not dismiss us from the problems, the questions, the doubts, the disparity that comes across our life here today. We are not just have a free slate just because we choose to live for God. In fact, I would argue and say that once you declare that God is our Savior, He is Lord, He is Jesus, I would argue and say that the arrow, the target on your back gets a whole lot bigger and the world is going to come at you with a whole lot of nasty stuff. The devil is going to be throwing darts at you, your family, and your friends all day long. That is his only mission. That's his only thing that he's got going for him, to try to con- deceive you and get you dismayed one time. Because that's all it takes. It's, all it takes is for the devil to convince you one time that there is no God. 
There is no afterlife. There is no heaven waiting on us. He only, he's only got to convince you one time. So it's up to us to sit up here and understand about the freedom that God's brought us through today. The responsibilities that are weighing on you heavy and your hearts here today, don't let them overcome you or overwhelm you because just the things that we experience today, Christ did experience all these things that we hear, we see, we feel all the emotions, all these things that we hear and see, God's already experienced them. But there is a freedom that only one can bring. It's not by something I can bring. I can show you. I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink. But there's a name above all other names, a peace that only he can deliver, a stillness in his presence that he gives. I am free because of the Lord God Almighty. This freedom that I got on my heart, I appreciate all the things that were done before me, but it's because of him that he went and rolled himself in flesh and died for me that I get to have this freedom of joy and spirit and gladness here today. It is hard to live in this life, and I don't want to miss a second not living for God. And how much more of it would it be for me to live this life knowing that I've got this joy, this gladness, this peace inside of me, and I just choose not to share it with anyone? That is a selfish mentality. This is not a me mentality. This is a we mentality. We are here to lift all of us up. When we come into the house of God, whenever someone is upset, hurting, discouraged, it's up to us to lift them up and say, hey, it's going to be okay. I know a God that's going to be here to help deliver you. I know a healer that's coming here today that's going to do it again. The same God of yesterday is the same God of today. And the same God of today is the same God of forever. And what he did then, he can do it again if you believe. Though these wars were fought so our country has this freedom, I don't want to lose sight of why us as American people fought so hard to gain victory in these states. Freedom for worship of God was a main priority in the westward expansion to create what is now the United States. Whenever people started wanting to cross overseas, they come over here to the eastern part of the United States, what it is now today. They wanted to know that God was their main priority, and they wanted to live in a place of freedom and know that they don't have to be dismayed, discouraged, or told or forced that they cannot serve God. They cannot talk about God. They cannot read the living word of God. They cannot speak to him in tongues out loud. They wanted to live in a place that was free. Being forced to believe something that was not cutting it, but they decided to start over in a place that was new. They didn't know where they were at, but they knew that it was better to take a leap of faith to lunge forward God because I want to live and dwell in the presence of God. And when you get hungry enough, you'll do whatever it takes to get a hold of him. If you're hurting and you've been discouraged and the devil's been attacking you all your life or all this week has been real hard, it's so hard to get the world come against you. But there's so much grace waiting for you at this altar. And that's why it is so important for us to live and breathe in the word of God and for us to stay in tune what he has for us because I don't want to forget to remember. Many today will be faced with persecution judgment, bad-mouthing, punishment, or even death because we speak the name of Jesus. Things that we say and do every week in church, people are getting persecuted and killed every day because they're in another country and they're being told and they're being forced to do something they don't want to do, all because they speak the name of Jesus. Psalms 28 verse 7, 
The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. I'm glad I know that I serve a God that whenever I come into his house, I can come to his throne boldly. We, are, we don't have to come as beggars. Even the Bible tells us not to be like the Pharisees, to come in and say the same thing over and over and be repetitive. Please, God, please, God, please, God, this, 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 the same thing over and over. God knows our needs before we spoke the word, but he wants us to have a relationship with him. Just as you have a relationship with your friends, your family, all that good jazz, we have to have even much more so that same president that we want God as our main priority. We want him to be our delight. We want him to be our freedom in this place. And I don't want to lose sight of all the goodness and the mercy that he's shown me and he's shown all of us in this place. Amen. But before the wars, God himself came down. He rolled himself in flesh and he preached the message of salvation. He was wrongfully accused and died a sinner's death so each and every one of us can have this freedom that we all have today. This ability that we get to come into the house of God and lift our hands and praise and worship to call out to him with an open, audible voice is all because of a price that was paid because of him. Oh, but Brother Jarek, this is free to come into church. It's free for all of us to lift our hands and praise and worship. And I would say I agree with you. But before we could do this, there had to be a price paid on Calvary. Someone and only one could do it and spare all of our lives. And he went and died for us because he was thinking about each and every one of us. So maybe you've been tormented this week or this month or for a period of time thinking that there is no God. You have no place in this world. You have no work for God to do in your life. You're wrong. The good news is the bad news is wrong. God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. All of us are called to be worshipers of the Most High God. And we're all called to have a relationship with him. Because without him, none of this matters. We're all just living. So we've got to make him our freedom. So Christ came and he was verbally and physically abused. Mocked and spat on. Forced a crown of thrones on his head. And was whipped in public. And after all of that, he still had to carry a cross up to which they call the skull of Golgotha. Up a hill, right? I don't know about y'all, but you've ever been injured and then you still got to do something. Maybe you got a bad leg and it hurts really bad. Imagine being whipped in public, humiliated, people mocking and spitting at you. When all you've done is show them compassion and mercy and people still have the nerve to throw things at you and spit at you and curse you. When you're just trying to do what is right for the word of God. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but it's probably not a good place to be. And I can't imagine the pain that God suffered and endured for each and every one of us. So let's not forget that. So before that we could have a song and a dance, he had to have a crown of thrones. Before we had an altar of repentance, the Lamb of God died so that we can die at the altar. Before we could ask him to forgive our sins... He went and nailed them to that old rugged cross so that we could come to his his throne boldly and ask him for forgiveness. All these things had to be done a certain way at a certain time, but only through Christ Jesus it had to be done so all of it could be paid, all this freedom that we have today. The freedom that we have today is a testament of what Jesus Christ stood for and what he said back then. And his word back then, we can still stand on it here today. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. How much is it of me to come into his house and give him my all? Is it really that hard of me to get out of my comfort zone and show him that this body, these hands, these feet are all his? It's easy to be a bunch of talk, but how about is your walk? It's easy to say that we're Christians, but when you go out into the world and you see someone hurting or in pain or feeling distrusted, how much it, is it of me to go into them and lend that hand and talk to them? We are not above anyone and we're not below everyone. We're all on this equal playing field. It doesn't matter what color skin you got, what language you speak, or how you dress, or what you smell like. We're all called to be servants of the Most High God. And none of us are on any pedestal. We're on this even playing field and we're all trying to get to one place, one God, one salvation, one faith, right? I would say that when we all have family members and children who graduate or accomplish something of some sort, we all are quick to clap and encourage them and tell them a good job of how well that they've done or what their accomplishments are. When people go into stadiums for football, baseball, when touchdowns are scored, when home runs are hit, people are quick to jump up and cheer for praise for these people just for some sporting events. All these people want to do all these things. In Psalms chapter 47, verse 1, it says, Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. My Bible says all you peoples. It doesn't say just some people or only the people who have it figured out. It says all you peoples. So if you don't think you're called to be anything, God is calling all of us to call out to him with a voice of triumph. Not just some low monotone, how great is God. If you get the Holy Ghost upon you, you will have something different about you. That's why when you go down in water baptism, people can see the light of Jesus applied to you because there's something different. When you go down in water baptism, you are no longer the same person. When you take the name of Jesus upon your life, people can physically and spiritually see the change that has been applied. Although you've done some things that probably you weren't proud of in the past. When you go down, none of that matters anymore. The slate is clean. When you talk to God, you don't have to keep begging him to forgive old sins. He's cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, where you can't see them anymore. But we've got a new day, a new opportunity to reach out to him. The definition of triumph is a great victory or achievement. When you call out to God, don't just call out to him with a little bit of praise. Call out to God with your most high praise. We all were designed and perfected to worship the Lord God. Our voices, our hands, our feet, they're all instruments and tools to lift him up and praise and worship. So when you think, I don't have anything, I don't have any money to give to the Lord this week, I don't have many things, God does not care about all the things that you can carry in your car or all the things, possessions that you have in your house. None of that is important. What matters is that you have a personal relationship with God. You have a physical connection, a monologue. You talk to him daily, and you want to seek his face. Not just when everything is only going good or only when things are going bad, but you can seek him when you're on the highest point of your life and when you're at the lowest point of your high. Because the same God of the mountain is the same God of the valley. 
This worship was bought at a cost, and we have the right to exercise our faith in this place right now. Amen? Saul was a persecutor of Christians, but he had an encounter with Jesus, and he ended up writing 13 books of the Bible. When Jezebel heard of the Lord's work through Elijah, she threatened his life, and humanity kicked in, and he fled for his life. But the Lord responded by compassion, feeding him, correcting him in his grace, and coming to him, and giving him a new purpose before he was taken away to heaven on a chariot of fire. Israel was in trouble when God approached Gideon, declaring him to be a mighty warrior, calling him to save all of the people from the Midianites. But Gideon hesitated at the words God had called him to be. I don't know if God has ever spoken to you and said, I need you to do this. Have you ever felt hesitant, hesitant to want to go and lend a hand to someone or pray over someone? That, that little something just kicks in you and says, I don't really know if I should do this right now. But let me tell you today, act on what the Holy Ghost is urging you to do in this place. If the Holy Ghost comes upon you in altar call, says that person needs prayer, they need prayer for a reason. God already went and paid the price. He's already went and done it at Calvary. He's already took nail scar hands. It ain't that much of me to get out of my comfort zone and come to lay hands on someone who's needing a little bit of touch of God, right? How much is it more me that I can just do something more for him? Gideon's appeal for grace was answered abundantly, and he was fulfilled his mission as led by the Lord. David, he was known to be a man after God's own heart, but yet David was no strong stranger to wrestling with his faith. The book of Psalms is full of his questions of pain, agony, doubt, all these questions that come about that we feel and experience in our daily lives. David talks about the things that he went through in his life. David wrestled with his faith after Nabal treated his men improperly. Again, when Ziglag was destroyed, his wives were carried off and his men talked about stoning him. Additionally, was his time he was stayed home from war. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and killed her husband after finding out she was pregnant. Yet despite his failures, David continued to seek the Lord through his praise and worship. Peter denied Jesus three times after serving him for years, being in a place where he knew the Lamb of God was going to be crucified. And Jesus told him before, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Can you imagine being in a state where you physically get to walk, see, hear, all these miracles, even God giving you the power to go do these things in his name. And yet whenever his day and time came, he made a choice, a decision to say, I don't know him. I don't know that man. Could you imagine? Yet God, know, God knew that he would have an important role and why it was such a proclamation whenever Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter declares that he is Christ, the son of the living God, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 through 19. And Jesus says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind here on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Now, maybe you aren't going through some kind of trial that maybe Jonah went through where he got swallowed by a great fish, or maybe you're not getting persecuted like Job was, a righteous man of God. But we all go through things that cause us to question and have these doubts that come through our minds, right? 
But I want all of us to be reminded today that even though we have all these pain, all these struggles, there's a reason for every season under the sun. Whether you go through family distraught or death in the family or financial concerns, whatever it may be, God knew where you would be and God knew that you would be here today. And he knew your heart before you were even born. But when people walk in these doors, especially people who don't come to church usually, there most of the time is a baggage, a weight that is carrying on a lot of people today, even people who go to church. A lot of times we come in with a lot of baggage, and we're just here because it's Sunday. We're just here because it's Wednesday. We're just here because it's the right thing to do, right? But I want you to be reminded that these altars were built here for a reason. These are not for show and tell. These are not just Oh, those are the things of the old ways. Those are the things that people used to do. People used to go and cry out to God a long time ago, but we don't do that here. But I'm here to tell you that these were built and made here for a reason. The reason that we have them is because God came and wrote himself in flesh, and he died on that sinner's death so that we could have an altar repentance and come to him one more time. So when people fall at their feet and cry out to God, don't be quick to judge and say, What is wrong with them? Why are they having these problems and their doubts in their minds? What is so much going on in their head that they need to go into God? But I would argue and say that it takes courage and it takes faith to step out and go to the altar of repentance. It's not an easy thing living for God. And when you go unto God, you can come unto him boldly and say, God, this is your house. These are your hands. These are your feet. And I'm just here to lift you up. I'm not here for anyone else. I'm not here to talk to anyone else. But I'm here for the most high guy and realize that this freedom was bought for and I'm here for him only. And it's here that we get to a place and experience of the freedom of the Lord. God, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for going to Calvary because no one else could do it. But also the ability that he could, he did. This isn't just some make-believe story that we read about. You've got to realize The word of God is living, and it's living each and every one of us, right? And we can either take these things and throw them to the side, or we can take these things and apply them to our life. Do you really want to go down when you pass and you want to go before the Lord and say, God, I heard your words, but I chose not to speak about them. I wanted to live a selfish life because I was too caught up about keeping up with the Joneses or having this or having that or setting myself on a popularity stage. Because that's not what it's all about. It's all about living for him and having a direct contact with him each and every day. We can't lose sight of that. God, I'm someone who fails you daily, but God, I know that you went and did these things for me. And I can come before you one more time and know that you're going to forgive me. I'm not a big shot. I'm not a nobody. But I know that you're somebody. I'm just trying to tell everybody all about you, God. This is for your glory. This is for your purpose. And that's why it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this bread that we need to make it to tomorrow. Whenever God sat down at the Last Supper, whenever he gave his disciples the bread, he said it in a physical form and also a spiritual form. Whenever he said unto them, Take, eat, this is my body. He wanted them to physically see a representation of how his body was about to be on Calvary. Whenever he got crown of thorns placed into his head, whenever he had to go get whipped, all for us, he wanted to have a symbolization, a physical form, but also a spiritual form, that this is my body. I'm breaking it up because my body's about to be broken up. And I want you to remember, I don't want you to forget. 
of the freedom that you're about to have because I'm about to go pay for it. And I don't want you to lose sight of what I'm about to do for you in this place. He told them to eat it, not just stare at it or just look upon it. Why it's so important that whenever we have communion here, that we be a part of it. But we're here to be a part, to help remember. Because it's easy for all of us to get caught up in our social lives, our daily lives, all these things that we got going on at our jobs. It's quick to forget of the goodness and the mercies of God. That's why it is so important for us to continually go into church. It's why it's so important. Whenever COVID happened, you know what were some of the first places that were being strictly told that could not be open? It was the house of God. And even after lots of restrictions were released, they still were trying to have their hand on the house of God to keep it under. The world does not like the truth being out. People flee when they hear the word of Jesus. That's why it is so important for us to live it, learn it, and be sharp about what we learn. We don't just read it and forget it, but it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. You can tell me that you read 10 chapters a day in the Bible, and that's good. But if you don't learn anything from it or take upon it and ask God to reveal something unto you and you don't take anything from it, how can you be that lending hand or that lending ear when you go out into the field and someone needs a touch of God? What are you going to do whenever you just say, I don't know, but I read 10 chapters yesterday. Well, that doesn't really help your situation today because God was really wanting you to focus on give us this day our daily bread. Maybe someone needs to be reminded. Maybe someone hasn't been to the house of God in a long time, and they need to be known that he's still on the throne, and he still loves each and every one of us, and he's called us all for something great. These things that we have, hands and feet, our mouth, they're all instruments to be used to glorify him. Whenever we go out to the field, maybe you aren't the loudest speaker. Maybe you aren't the most eloquent of words, right? You don't have to be. You just have to know that God I just want to be used for your kingdom. I don't understand this person's situation. I don't understand their need. I see them here at the altar, but I know that you're God, and I ask that you give me your words. When I studied for this word last night and this morning, I told God, Lord, will you give me your words? Will you put your words in my mouth? Just as God touched the lips of Jeremiah and gave him a word that came unto him, I want his words to come out of my mouth. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be about him because this is all for him and this is all for his glory. And everything that we see here today is going to be used for his glory if we use it for the right reason. So when you go out and you see people hurting or in distraught or distress, we can take the things that we learn in church. You don't have to come in church and just say that you went to church. You can actually apply something to your life if you take in and heed what the word of God is saying to you. If you take these things in and cast them to the side, what good is it doing? That void will still be there. That depression will still be there. That anxiety will still be there. The hurt of someone that you've lost is still going to be there, but you know that God has got this under control. I don't understand your situation, but I know who holds your situation. I understand the why, but I know who holds my why. And I know that this was all bought for at a price. And it's all bought for because he went and died on Calvary. And we get to have this freedom because he went and paid the cost for all of us. Whenever I come into church, I don't want it to be just because I get to say I went to church. If you live a life that says, I just want to do something just so I can tell other people, 
I did something good, you're doing it for the wrong reason. God sees you in your dark places. God sees you in your high times. And he sees when you go and talk to people, God hears those conversations. And the things, the questions that will come upon your mind, God hears them too. So when you come upon people and someone is going through something, you can speak the word of Jesus over their life. You don't have to be afraid. You can use what God gave us all the ability to. The freedom that we have here today to speak openly about him is not to be abused. It's not to be stepped on. But we get to use it for the right reason, the right intent. That freedom was paid for a long time ago. And I get the opportunity each and every day because today is a new day. Today's a new opportunity. Today's a new life. And I don't ever want to forget all the goodness and the grace that he's provided me and my family. But it would be so easy to slip away if I just said, I only want it for myself. All right, just, it's not for me anymore. We get one opportunity at this life. And I don't want to miss an opportunity for me to have an encounter with God. And God touched someone through me. Because maybe there's someone waiting on you tomorrow or next week that God has ordained them to be in that place so that you can physically speak to them about the freedom that we have here today. Maybe someone, you may be in a situation where you think, uh, this isn't the right time, this isn't the right place, I'm late for this function, this isn't the best time for me to do something. But God works in mysterious ways, amen? amen. When I had an encounter uh, a year and a half ago, I got a flat tire heading from uh, Houston to Beaumont. I got a flat tire, and I was really frustrated. I was like, I need to go pick up this gooseneck trailer. This is not the best time for me to be getting this done right now. So I pulled over, and I'm able to pull into a parking lot, and I start changing this tire. And a homeless man starts coming up to me, and he asked if I had a few extra dollars to spare. And I told him, I I didn't have uh, any cash on me, but if you help me change this tire, I'll get you some snacks inside. And it's as I'm changing this tire that I just felt the Holy Ghost come over me. You need to talk to this man about the Word of God. Something is pressing in on you. I know this is not a convenient situation. I know that you have somewhere to be, but I have put you here for a reason. I have called you for a work, and the things that you have learned here in church and your daily walk with God, I need you to go tell this man about me because there's something about him that you need to tell him, right? So as I'm changing this tire... I think I had uh, taught Sunday school uh, for the youth. Uh, I think this was a uh, Wednesday afternoon. I taught the Sunday school for the youth, and I was just chopping it up with them. How are you doing? Like, where are you from? And he said that he lives or he just wanders around the city looking for work wherever he can, and he's been living there for some time. It was a, uh, a middle-aged man, maybe a mid-50s, and he looked very uh, scruffy, and he just wanted some help. And I was like, you ever go to church? And he's like, no, I don't ever go to church. I used to go a long time ago when I was younger, but I haven't gone in a long time. And I was like, well, actually, I just uh, taught the youth this past Sunday, and I got to explain to them about my message, how I was going. And immediately I felt the Holy Ghost come over me that I needed to play the song, the Holy Spirit song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And I pulled out my phone, and I just started playing it out loud, and I just let him listen to the song. And the song, he was just listening, I just let God's word just permeate over this song not all the time do we have to have our mouths open and be doing something sometimes we can just let God do what he does best God let me get out of the way let you do your work so you can do something great in this man let me get out of the way and I let this song play all the way through and I could could tell like this man was very caught up in like how he was feeling he was like man I haven't felt that way in a very long time 
I don't know what it is about you, but there's something different on the inside of you that I can tell and I can feel in my spirit. A man who hadn't been in church in 30-some-plus years could feel and recognize a difference. The word of God is strong. It is our strong tower. And whenever you stand on the word of God, people will see the freedom that's inside of you. And we get to come into his house and recognize that this is yours, Lord. This is all yours. You provided me with this place, and I'm here to just lift you up and do what you've called me to be. I don't want to be a backslider, and I don't just want to be someone who stands by, but I want to do what you've called me to be. I don't want to be a Jonah, and when you call me to Nineveh, I'm scared and I flee. When you call me to Nineveh, when you call me to Light Point, when you call me to the job or to the field, I want to be there, and I want to see something. I want you to do your work through me. I just want to be this vessel for your glory. Uh, About a year ago, uh, my brother and I, we were uh, working in a farmer's branch, and I had met this other electrician. His name was uh, Nathan as well, and this man, probably middle uh, 40s, and uh, the first time I had met him, he was uh, late for work, and whenever I had spoke to him, he was pretty distraught, and he didn't really have much to say. And whenever I tried to engage in conversation with him, he didn't really want to open up to me that much. So whenever, as the day went on, I just tried to, like, encourage him a little bit, like, I hope you're doing okay, Nathan. Uh, is there anything, like, you want to, like, talk about? Is there anything that you want to share? And, like, he didn't really want to open up about anything. And then after a lunch break one day, uh, I was working on the ground, and he was working nearside me. And I asked him again, like, like what, what is wrong, like, with your situation? Like, what's going on? And all he, like, said under his breath was, my son, my son. And I could tell, like, by the brokenness of his voice that, like, something was really wrong with the son. I don't know if there was an accident, or, but something was wrong with this man's son. And so uh, I had asked him, uh, I think uh, we had got together, my brother and I, and I said, like, let's pray about it. And so we got together, and I prayed over him. And I prayed over his son that God would heal and touch and restore his son. And there was something that was changed. You couldn't, you couldn't hear it, but if you were there, you could feel it. The Spirit of God was moving. And I don't know the outcome of his son because I, I never saw him again a little bit while after because he had to leave. But I know that God is up to something. And if we will act upon what the Holy Ghost has given us, we can make a change in our world. We can call other people and let them know about the goodness and the mercy and the freedom that we have to live for God because we are not some low people. We're children of the Most High God, and we live in a country where we can worship Him freely and live for Him and say that this is your house and these are your hands, and I will do what you called us to do. So let's all stand in this place. It's July 16th, 2023. If you didn't know before you came in this place, you know now This is a place of freedom. This is a place of hope. And this is a place of open worship. We do not discourage anyone for how they look, how they dress, how they walk, or how they talk. When you come into this place, we have a freedom to come unto the Most High God. He already went and paid the price for each and every one of us. So if the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost comes over you and you feel urged to go to the altar, act on that urge. You will miss and you will regret every opportunity that you don't do something for God. If you feel urged to go to the altar, go to the altar. If you feel urged to pray for someone, pray for someone. Because God has put us all for a reason and a time and an hour. And it's up to us 
to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. There's a song uh, by Matthew West. Uh, I think it's called, uh, is it more? Uh, or no, if not now, then when? He's talking to God and he asks him, if not uh, us, then who? If not me, then who? He's asking God this question. Who's going to do the work? We are. We cannot expect people who don't live for God to do his work. It's up to all of us to live and breathe in this freedom that he went and died at Calvary for all of us. To live and breathe and let people know that this wasn't all for some show. But we're called all to be children of the most high God. And live for him and praise and worship. And we don't have an opportunity to spare. This life is too short and we could be taken away in an instant. I don't know if this is my last day, but I know that one more time, I have a freedom and I will act upon it.